We should just cue the music. Hello there. I am Iron Man. I am your father. I'm Batman. Why so serious? I know, right? If you think it's nerdy, we got you covered. Tell me, do you play it? Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need answer. Just take my money already! Just do it! I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's so dark! Do you say that from the DC Universe? We know each other! She's a friend from work! We were doing it everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the office. After hours. Over the phone. On the weekend. Get your head out of the gutter. We were talking about comic books, shows, and movies. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So now we bring you Just Another Nerd Show with Jason Whistle and Kevin Hilston. What is up, Nerd Nation? Welcome to the latest edition of Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Jay. He's Kev. And it is time to talk nerdy. Kev, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, fighting some stuff, but I'm good. We got blessed with more uh, great content. I feel like I say that every week, but we are knee deep in Moon Knight and I could not be happier, Jay. Unfortunately, we did not get a chance. We talked about this last week. We didn't get a chance to go out and see Sonic. So that's going to have to wait for yet another week. But that's OK, because that means we can focus our time on Moon Knight episode three, which dropped on the day that we recorded. We've both watched the show. Kev, what are your initial thoughts on the friendly type? So, okay. I had these thoughts going into episode two and now I'm almost confirming my own theories. And I want to get your take on this too. Cause okay. I, I told you, I told you before when we talked about this, I said, I want to save something for the show. I, I have a theory and i Hope it blows your mind, but I also am not 100% sure. It wouldn't take much to blow my mind. I'm, I'm easily amused. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's... Okay, no. all right, anyways. Uh, we're... Yeah, we're... Oh, okay, so... If you, if you pull up, That's What She Said after after I, that, I'm easily amused. That's, that's literally the sound of going... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that would be about me. That, I gotta get on my lines. Uh, I live your sex tape. That's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> and I get them all mixed up because one's about you, one's about me, right? I think so. Yeah. Right. It, that, that, that's for a much more therapeutic episode of just another nerd show. <laughs> all right. That's yeah. Starts with some smooth jazz and not that cool intro we have off the top. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not the porno music. No one yeah, wants the no. porno music in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So my theory from episode two, I thought to myself, how many, so it, in the comics, Mark Spector and his various, uh, personas or personalities are very unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. They are always telling the story from their perspective. And of course you always rely on the hero to be true, to be honest and to have dignity. Having said that, this hero, first off, drops his first F-bomb. So, like, fuck all. He does <laughs> not have any of those traits. And I started to think, because some of the comic book lines, some of the runs, had kind of a, how do I put this? An ending that left you wondering if any of it ever even happened. So episode two had me thinking, how many times do I see Layla and Mark slash Steven in the same room as other people? And if I were to take Layla out of that scenario, how affected would that larger group be? Also the same about Mark and Steven. 
This is, is something very with, Tyler Durden-esque, like very yes, Fight Club. And with them turning into the Moon Knight or Mr. Knight persona, uh, if they didn't turn into the Moon Knight persona and they're fighting these invisible seeming creatures, would that change the tide of anything? And there's there's a couple broken cars in episode two near the end of it that would beg to differ. But for the most part, I think Marvel could spin it very similar to a couple Moon Knight runs where it was all in his head. And this is what Kevin Feige teased at San Diego Comic-Con a few years back when he first introduced us to Moon Knight and the, and the show and the, the concept behind it was that he's been blessed by uh, great power by the moon god Khonshu or he's just making it all up and it's all in his head. That's for you to decide as a fan. And that made me think. I was like, okay, I know already that he's an unreliable narrator, but now I'm thinking, is Layla a figment of his imagination? But if it, and there's a whole bunch of others too. Like there's a whole thing with Layla that, that I want to get into in a sec. I just want to hear your thoughts on this though first. It makes you wonder too. I mean, if that's, if that's the avenue, uh, maybe, maybe Mark slash Steven isn't the avatar and it's just Harrow all along if that's the case. But the thing is, um, you know, in the very first episode, and it's interesting that you say that every everything is kind of like its own narrator. The first episode was very much narrated by Stephen. And the second episode, you know, the first half of it was narrated by Stephen. And the second half of it was very much narrated by Mark Spector. Um, in this episode, we had that same kind of blackout scene in that there, there was almost a hesitation in Mark to to kill those three guys up on the rooftop. By the way, uh, spoilers like a mofo. You've been warned now. Um, oh, always. Oh, always. Just, just, just accept the fact that here on Just Another Nerd Show, we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. Um, yes. But there was another blackout moment. There was a couple of them. There was the blackout moment on top of the roof, and then there was the blackout moment where he came to, and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's, you know, he stabbed one of the other guys, and, and doesn't remember doing it. And we know Steven's not the one who's going to be doing the killing. And if Mark Spector is blacking out, who's taking over? And I just wonder if episode if episode one was the tease of Mark Spector and episode two was the introduction of Mark Spector, is episode three the tease of Jake Lockley, another one of the uh, the personalities? Um, and are we going to, you know, are we going to discover more of Jake? And is Jake more, more sadistic, or, or the more sadistic of the three. It, it is interesting, but I, I mean, I don't know how much I, I, I lean into the, the Tyler Durden-esque um, fake out of it. It's, it's, there's so, it's such a puzzle box of an episode already. Uh, and yes, we were left with more questions, you know, as we got to the end of it, but there was, there, there was so much where it's like, you know, who's really in charge and is it Conchu? And now, you know, again, spoiler alert. Now that Conchu seems to be kind of out of the picture, what happens now? Like who's, who's going to take over? There's no taking over though. I thought Mark laid there dead at the end. Uh, I was, I don't know if he's dead. I think more definitely just kind of passed out from the, um, 
full full explanation on this one. And again, we are going to go like neat, you know, like waist deep into this. So, yeah. Um, Spoiler <laughs> alert: Your title yeah. character dies at the end of episode three. <laughs> I, I don't think he's dead. Konshu, however, uh, is turned stone because Konshu basically taunted and defied the other gods. Um, of which I definitely. Oh my God, Wiz, more Can I just that. say? Yeah. Can I just say Arthur Harrow is the ultimate gaslighter? Like mm. the guy is so like he's so uh manipulative in the first two episodes, and then episode three he gets put on trial, and he is absolutely gaslighting Conchu and Mark Spector. Like he's mm-hmm. on trial for heinous stuff. And of course, we find out later that you know all the gods are on his side, and they're like, Yeah, actually, there's some bad people in the world, and uh it, it's gonna lead to um more or less like not a winter soldier type thing, but kind of a taking down the establishment sort of thing. And Conchu is going to realize that uh, maybe it is just the leader God though. Cause he's the one found talking to Arthur Harrow at the end of it. Right. I mean, yes, you do have the followers of Amit who uh, are very much a, you know, cult, very similar, not similar to, but you know, akin to, Oh the no, flag you can smashers. say cult. Yeah. It's very culty. Oh, dude. Very, it is very culty, way more culty than the flag smashers. The flag smashers was more of a uh, political anti-government, anti-establishment kind of movement. This that very much does lean into cult. And Arthur Harrow is definitely the cult cult-esque type leader of this of this faction um let's talk about the gods over a second before we get to uh to kind of what happened at the end were you getting some eternals kind of feels about their whole passiveness about i mean like i know with the watcher the watcher's only supposed to just watch but the you know the Egyptian gods are like, you know we we swore not to meddle in the in the the affairs of man um very very eternals esque kind of standpoint. Like, is everyone just gonna sit there and let Thanos snap away? Like, why do all these these all powerful beings be like, man, you figure it out for yourself? I I'm yeah, I am one X Men movie away. In uh, if in the first like five minutes of the at new X Men movie or the new Fantastic Four movie, where they say they've been there all along and they're like, yeah, we don't really get involved with this stuff. I, I will switch to being a DC fan. Can we please come up with a new reason? Let's come up with a new reason, Marvel, why people did not get involved for Thanos. Like, please, if it's them just, you know, being a bitch and just sitting out, fine. Can we please just stop justifying these powerful ass people being around and doing nothing <laughs> by just saying they have a higher purpose? Like, like I feel like it is kind of lazy writing at this point. It's the Hancock methodology of dealing with things. You know, <laughs> if, if not drunk, let other people do it for themselves because bitch can't be bothered. Uh, but no, but seriously, it's, it's you know, aside from the Eternals-esque attitude of not wanting to interfere with the, uh, with the affairs of man, uh, you have Khonshu, who, again, very much dealer of justice. However, um, you know, with Ahmed, it's almost like a, a, a minority report kind of of mentality. Conchu, yeah. when, when you take a look at everything, Conchu is very much the hero of everything because he's the one who's actually doing something. Um, 
I, I am curious to see where they go with the, um, and I can't remember, um, apologies, I cannot remember the Egyptian god's name, but uh, the, 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 the god of you know, song and harmony, There's there seems to be a kinship between that god and Khonshu, uh, as well as a connection between their avatar. So I'm curious how much that plays into it, and if that's going to upset the, the Abelkart balance between Mark Spector and Layla as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. It starts with an H. Horus. Is it Horus? Something like that. No. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, you, Hathor. You, Hathor. Hathor, yes. You just looked it Hathor. up, didn't you? Uh, Thank Google you, does Google. wonders, Wiss. Google does wonders. <laughs> also, uh, Google, the official search engine of Just Another Nerd Show. Which You're for, listening to Just Another Nerd Show, <laughs> powered for, by Google. For the record, do not say Google too many times in the show, because if you're listening to this in the car and you say Google, um, someone's phone is going to respond to it saying, what would you like, sir? No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should try that. We should try that. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, hey, no, no. Siri. <laughs> <laughs> you're evil. No, you, you are mean. evil. You're that's reveling mean. in your evilness. I, uh, I got a I I bone to pick here about you calling Conchu a hero. That guy's such a dick. Like, the more I listen to him, he's such a dick. Okay, sure, he's a dick, but yeah, however... Okay, so so he's he's punishing the wrongdoers. He's mm-hmm. basically just doing what Daredevil and the Defenders do. Okay, yeah. I get it. But he's kind of a dick. <laughs> and I feel like there's more. Like, I don't think Arthur Harrow... I, I know he's culty and I know he's got sinister uh, or, or what's the what's the saying it, where the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. He's got that kind of mentality right now. But I do believe that he was wronged by Conchu at some point, And I do think there's some gravity to what he's saying. Having said that, he was just spending the last episode gaslighting absolutely everybody in it, including Conchu and Mark Spector. So... Maybe it's Ethan Hawke's acting. Maybe maybe that's what's getting me going right now. Because I'm, I, I'm really I want to be on Team Harrow, <laughs> but it's it's really tough. It's really tough right now. I, but again, I want to I want to believe some of the things he says. I do think he tells the truth. The proof positive that you know a good villain makes a good series because Moon Knight is turning into a phenomenal series. Um, there was there was a there was an info drop, a complete off the cuff info drop. Uh, when they got to which I, I'm I'm going to call it Horse Island because I have no idea where the hell they went, uh, but where the um, uh, where, where they basically found the the, the tomb that was that was sold, um, and the the security guard as they're walking along mentioned Madripoor. And I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but of course, Madripoor is where um, Sharon Carter has been spending all her time and uh, clearly making all of her money uh, as well. The fact that she was also a um, uh, you know a black market arts dealer in Madripoor, so it makes you wonder if Layla is working for Sharon Carter. Ooh, the power broker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I did. I did um, catch on to that. I just didn't make the Sharon Carter connection. I figured Madripoor was just the hub for everything shady. That's that's literally it. That's I didn't think too much into that. I was just okay. It's shady stuff. Obviously, they're going to be dealing with the black market stuff. I did. I forgot that Sharon Carter was into kind of collecting valuable pieces of art and history that's mm-hmm. interesting and it you, does you think she ends up too. in scarab uh it's it's possible 
it is very possible. Uh, and when you think about uh, what Amit does in basically uh, dealing with oh, the unjust. She would wipe out Madripoor. Right? <laughs> there would be nobody left in Madripoor. Everybody's shady there. But to the same token as well, if a Dark Avengers team is being made, if Valentina is also funding Sharon Carter, um, how much would having uh, Arthur Harrow with the uh, with the spirit of Amit um, be a part of that, you know, a part of that team? So it makes you wonder if, I mean, we, we have a feeling that Moon Knight is going to be paired up with the likes of Blade and Ghost Rider and Punisher and Daredevil. And whether they make um, a Midnight Suns team or or a Defenders team, basically like a new Defenders kind of spinning off of uh, what was on Netflix. But is Moon Knight also going to be courted by Valentina? And are we going to see Valentina in these last three episodes of the series? There, there, there's a lot because you have to think that at some point, and probably in episode six, there's going to be some kind of cameo that you know, helps kind of bring Moon Knight into the world. And we probably won't see it until episode six. Um, the 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 name drop of Madripoor was, of course, like uh, just a small little tease of who it might be. If you had to put money on who's making a cameo at the, like the post credit scene of episode six, who is it? Blade. I don't think so. Blade. Wait, sorry, what'd you say? It, Blade. It, Blade. <laughs> you're just gonna keep saying blade, blade like it like you're homer simpson and it's steak blade aren't you have you, you seen uh anchorman 2 no no i he, actually he's, i started so he's, he's got yeah he's got the new girlfriend who's like the news director and uh <laughs> and she walks in and uh or no sorry before their girlfriend boyfriend but uh he gets introduced to the new news director and she happens to be african-american and he can't stop going black Black, <laughs> black, black. I, I, I don't, th- I don't think it's Blade, especially because uh, Kevin Feige's kind of like come out and said like we're going to meet Blade for the first time. I mean, aside from that voice on the phone at the end of Eternals, it could be a voice again, right? It could, it, it could be a voice again. Um, it may be something as simple as a phone call with another cell phone stashed away from whoever. But also, and just a just a thought to your whole. Um, you know, is Stephen or Mark even really telling the truth and all that? We know that there's another personality. We know that Jake Lockley can exist. And it makes you wonder if Mark was working for one person and Jake was working for another. Uh, and those two are starting to collide. Like, it makes you wonder, like, who was Mark working for to be a mercenary? Is Jake Lockley in the situation? Um, is he is he or are they working for two different entities are those entities at odds with each other there there are so many questions that this could go and it could get really confusing but i will give them credit they have kept it like at no point am i watching this and all of a sudden go well who the hell is this now like i'm not lost and that that could have been um a real impediment to the show but i think they've handled it very well that's the bar that you've set for these shows. I'm not lost, so I guess I like it. <laughs> but no, but when you, when, when you think about it, when you're telling a puzzle box type story when, with uh, with multiple personalities, you have to be careful of just how kind of out there and how much you're going to play with uh, the timelines and the way the story is told. 
I think I think the creators of Moonlight have done a phenomenal job of making us not get too far out and lose um, lose track of who we're dealing with, where we are, and and the official storyline. Um, obviously, there there was a big jump getting from New York to Egypt, but it didn't feel like anything got glossed over. I uh, I was looking. I pulled up a calendar. I was just curious because I'd, I'd actually like to change my blade answer. Really, the blade. Yes. Well, no, because it's a six-episode miniseries, and it's supposed to end on May 4th. Mm-hmm. And Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange comes out on May 6th. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm not thinking it's Doctor Strange. You think it's Wong? But I think it would be quite interesting. And this is, again, long shot. There's so many Marvel characters that have been introduced in either trailers or have been casted or that we already have existing in the universe. I think it'd be pretty cool if at the end, Stephen Grant or Mark Spector or Jake Lockley, Longley, Jake Lockley. I'm not overly familiar with him, Lockley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if one of them, one of the personalities was just laying in bed, throwing that Rubik's cube. Let's hope it's Stephen Grant. Cause that's who we got introduced to first. And Stevie. okay, cool. Stevie. Um, and then America Chavez comes out of nowhere. Cause she's punching holes in the multiverse and he just sees her run through his room from one star to another because that's what she does. She punches star-shaped portals through different dimensions, and then that's just your teaser for Multiverse of Madness. It's, I, I think that would be too far out there, uh, and kind of the way that you know they were originally intending on introducing Captain Marvel in Age of Ultron, and then decided not to uh, smartly. So. Um, I, th- I think America Chavez, because she's been in the trailers, is going to get her introduction into, you know, in Multiverse of Madness. I don't know if they're going to, you know, kind of, kind of jumpstart that. But, you know, it's been a bit since we've seen Valentina. I think it's been since, um, since Black Widow that we've seen Valentina. And it might just be time for her to... And if you have to think who she's recruiting for this team, Moon Knight kind of fits into that narrative of who she might want to recruit, but who is she going to recruit? Is she going to recruit Mark? Is she going to recruit Jake? Is she going to try and recruit Stevie? Like, You know the other thing I fighting? haven't even thought about yet? It seems like they've almost confirmed that Stephen Grant's Moon Knight costume is Mr. Knight. Mm-hmm. Like this episode, it kind of solidified that for me. So uh, it's like the Conchu ceremonial garbs. I think that's what they're calling it is the main Moon Knight costume. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Mr. Knight suit, which is Steven's literal uh, summoning of an actual suit. Are we getting a possible third Conchu outfit uh, from Jake Lockley eventually? Or is he going to be, is he going to remain a mystery until they're in the movies? I think with Jake though, like if, if Jake is the personality that is, you know, gone a little all murdery, you think about Mr. Knight and that, you know, his, 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 some, the suit that he summons very much fits a Steven personality. And even though he's a little Deadpool-y kind of thing, it's, it's not horrible. Um, but, you know, and then you have a more, you know, fighting style. That's, that's, you know, the Moon Knight that we kind of all know. But if Jake is also going to be that way, then it makes you wonder, just how lethal that's going to be. Also, just side question here. 
exactly how powerful is Khonshu? Because let's see here. He was able to move the moon or the sun, one of the two. Uh, he was able to spin the stars in the sky back how many years? 200 years to the point of where they were. Khonshu seems to be be one of the more powerful characters that they have you know even I mean, yes he's a god you know and we are seeing all of these you know very ultra powerful beings and it's like the power level has kind of gone up ever since the introduction of captain marvel um are we going to get to the point where the the heroes are just way too strong for their own good and we kind of get almost like a a superman you know just 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 way too strong for any villain to even think about taking them on. Well, uh, Hyperion is a Marvel character, no? It is. It is. And yes, he, he was kind he, of the response to Superman. Mm-hmm. We do, it's almost like we need to see stronger villains because, you know, very much, I mean, obviously with, with Harrow, um, you get kind of that, that origin story villain, how they are, almost the 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 black mirror version of themselves right the first iron man obadiah stain becoming the iron monger was very much the you know the the black mirror version of tony stark uh thor versus loki again black mirror version um captain america and the red skull it's kind of always been the way it is and you don't really especially with these origin movies and origin stories you you very much get that kind of you're they're fighting their the worst version of themselves or the version that they could be uh you see that with dr strange and baron mordo yeah no i i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying for sure um i'm just happy honestly that we're not getting another mono a mono origin story like i know mm-hmm. shang chi kind of strayed from that a little bit um, but we were getting like Iron Man versus Iron Monger. Okay. Same power set. Cool. One's a little bigger. Then we were getting um, God oh, versus God. Yeah. Yeah. We we're getting God versus God. We're getting a lot of the same stuff. You know, it's kind of okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that Arthur Harrow's given us more of a, uh, at least with me, it's very thought provoking what he's saying. I know he's insane on, on the surface level. I know he's insane. Um, but do the ends justify the means? And that is the question viewers also <laughs> hey siri is arthur harrow crazy oh who knows you, you did you just went there you just you just who started knows? someone's phone into asking a question no it didn't work that way it doesn't work that way I, 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 okay hold on hold on i remember doing an episode of it's not that bad uh for the internship which was like all the google and i guarantee you my phone stopped twice to see what i was trying to ask through the through the podcast I'm just saying. Well, your I'm phone is clearly saying. a better listener than I am. So <laughs> I could I could have told you that. Yeah, my single ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, pred- predictions for episode four. Uh, do do we get to meet Jake? And I think I think if we're going to meet Jake, we have to do it in episode four because if we, if it happens too late, then they've missed the boat on trying to explain it. I'm okay with them not explaining it. I, I'm okay with them going like trucking along with these two personalities. We learn more about them. Uh, obviously, Mark Spector has a, a bit of a grasp, a bit of a uh, firm understanding on his relationship with Khonshu and the skill set and the power set. So I'm okay with actually exploring more of Stephen Grant's stuff because 
yeah, I, I'm okay with again with with little to no Jake for the rest of it. If that's who they were teasing, like give me some later on. I need more story later on. Give me a fourth personality if you want. I don't care. Get, give him his own suit. Like, geez, I'm, I'm on board, man. Like, take my <laughs> it money. Does, it does make sense too if they if they more focus on Stevie as opposed to Mark or Jake, because we did see that kind of you know there's that moment between Layla and Steven when, uh, when, you know, when Mark lets Steven kind of take control and they, you know, he tapes the, the pieces of the shroud back together in order to be able to make the star, which is the star map kind of thing. And you could see that Layla really seems to like Steven over Mark, which when you realize it's the same person is, it, well, even though it's not, it is. Um, it's, Wiss, that was the point I was going to make before, actually. I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought this up. I think Layla and Mark, I think Mark, first off, is the, the by far, he's the primary personality. He's clearly had control for most of this body's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in some capacity, we'll find out later on in a reveal. This is just my theory. I don't know anything. Um, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. I mean, I could have um, told you you know nothing, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing we were saying last week? Forget everything you think you know. Like, yeah, yes. that's me every day. Uh, anyways, I think that Mark may have subconsciously created the Stephen Grant persona out of every, cause you know how he was saying he, he was having a bit of a pity party at times, mm-hmm. but he was saying that, you know, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about me. Um, he was kind of hinting at their relationship was kind of crap, but it was exciting at times. I think he might have subconsciously created the Stephen Grant persona based on the things he retained about Layla. And Stephen Grant just dove into, that's why they're so compatible. I think it's Mark subconsciously creating the ideal man for Layla in his in his brain, making another um, personality. Mark, I think you're right in that Mark is very much the... Uh almost like the, the, the prime personality. Um, he's the one a for sure. He's the one a if we're exactly. Yeah. And, and I can see Steven being very much the, uh, the construct that, uh, to protect Layla, but it was also the, you know, the idea was dropped that Layla's dad was killed and it was inferred that Mark kind of knows something about it. It makes you wonder. I, cause I don't think Mark killed Layla's dad, but we don't know about Jake. Because Jake is a bit of a, if Jake is the one that killed the the three guys that he was fighting, um, then clearly Jake has some murdery issues to work out. So yeah, I can only imagine what his uh, or what his not avatar because he would be the avatar. What his conchu skin looks like. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know if it was Mark that in, in episode one when when Steve when Stephen kind of blanks out. You know, we're led to believe that it was Mark who did all the fighting, but if the, the, those fights seem to have a very kind of bloody end to them, you makes you wonder if Jake was the one that took over, and who does Conchu really have the bargain with? Does oh he my god! The, does he have the bargain with Mark? Does he have the bargain with Jake? Uh, oh my god! Wiss, 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 wiss. Did I just break you? No, no, no. I had a thought. I okay. had a thought. And I have I haven't had this yet. Like while we're recording, I had this thought. Who's the guy that asked out that chick in the first episode? Because Stephen Grant's a vegan. Mark mm-hmm. Spector's married. Mm-hmm. And I'm you thinking, have to think it's I'm Jake. thinking Jake's been there, man. He's been there. So as much as Steven's been assuming 
that it's been Mark taking over every time. There's a third personality, and that's the big takeaway from this episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting too. Like when once the season is done, it's definitely going to be worth going back and and just binging all six episodes in like a day. So you know, like just take a day. You know, just say you know, cancel the outside world. Watch all six episodes back to back to back to back to back, and then just you know, soak it all in and see if everything kind of, you know, fits into place afterwards with the, with the, the gift of hindsight. There, there's a, this is going to be one of those, ep, uh, one of those series that is infinitely rewatchable. Like when it comes to the Marvel Disney plus series, I will admit I have watched WandaVision many, many times. I thoroughly enjoy that series. I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier when it came out and that was it. I've gone back and I watched Loki a bunch of times I watched Hawkeye when it came out and that was it. I'm going to be going back and watching Moon Knight over and over and over again because there's just so much more to kind of go back and re-put back together. And I think that's... Wait, even if even if in the finale they say it was all in his head, you're going to go back and rewatch it? <laughs> I, I will angrily so what if they start saying don't what if they start saying don't piss off the big guy (laughs) (laughs) will you then go back and rewatch it if i have to go back and watch this frame by frame to see if tyler durden is going to pop up in 124th of a second um i'm going to be some impressed and pissed off at the same time i think i'm gonna get a call from you for sure (laughs) i saw him he's there the vanisher i mean brad pitt i mean (laughs) Wiss, why are you yelling? Also, why is it 3 a.m.? Also, where's your shirt? Like, just a whole, a whole bunch of questions at that point. Yeah. I see we've had this conversation before. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so be- before we get into a more awkward conversation, we're going to step away for a second. But before we do, um, I want to b- give a big big shout out to Aiden Kahane, who is clearly our most devoted listener uh, and is also our trivia master because he got the trivia question right uh, last week as to the artisan release, the artisan Marvel movie that was released in North America. Only the one. They actually had like a bunch of, of properties that they were that they had the rights to do movies to. Only one made it to release in North America. That was the Punisher. So Aiden, uh, we don't know who you are, but goddamn, you are, you are our Marvel genius. So congrats on that one. Also side thing, Artisan also did release a man thing movie. It was only, it was like straight to DVD. And if you watch it, you'll notice someone who's very familiar. It stars Rachel Taylor, who was also in Jessica Jones as Trish Walker. So oh. that is that is literally her second Marvel appearance, although I'm sure she's probably never telling anyone about Man Thing. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm give sure. Aiden I'm gonna give Aiden one shout out step further. Mm-hmm. Um go go ahead. It's not uh it, it's not a waste of time. Follow him on Instagram at Aiden Kahane, K-A-H-A-N-E. Um the guy collects comic books and I believe he sells a few. He has like over a thousand comic books. If you're looking for something, he probably has it. Like just hit him up on Instagram, see what he has, see what's for sale. 
Like in all honesty, the guy knows way more than probably both of us, but he, super smart dude. dude. That's not a hard, that's not a high bar to hit being smarter than us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Aiden, thank you so much. You, you nailed it on the head. We're going to step away for two seconds, but when we come back, we got some box office news to talk about. Uh, we got some Marvel and DC news to talk about. Lots more coming up on the second half of just another nerd show. You've heard it all before. Waste of film. Dumpster fire. How did this even get made? Rack. Total garbage. Snooze fest. Utterly painful. Worst film ever. But is it really? The show is called It's Not That Bad, and we dare to look at the lowest rated shows and movies and see only the good things. We're looking for A grades in B movies. It's Not That Bad. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Just Another Nerd Show. I'm still Kevin Hilsden. He's still Jason Whistle. We got three topics coming up in our box office segment. Uh, what do you want to start with? Let's go. Uh, okay, so Sonic dominates the box office, $72 million in opening weekend. No surprise there. After the news of Jim Carrey, this pro- possibly being his last project, uh, you have reunited the trio of Knuckles, Sonic, and Tails. And on top of that, if that was not good enough for you, every part of this damn movie is leaked on the internet right now. It sucks. I hate it as a fan. I haven't seen it yet. And I'm trying to avoid spoilers at all costs. Second thing, Morbius sees a 74% drop from week one to week two. I guess people in week one saw the movie and didn't want to see it again. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's my guess. I didn't okay. want to see it again. I saw it once, and nice that it. <laughs> that was more professional courtesy seeing it for the first time. I think the second time it might be on my phone while I'm taking a poop. Um, <laughs> and even then, even then, I may turn it off about a minute in. I'm not what, sure. What's more crap, the movie or what you put in the toilet? Oh, now that's that. We could do a two-hour episode next week on that if you'd like, pal. Uh, if we're doing a two two a two-hour episode on what you put in the toilet, that that's bad. That, we're that's, bringing the mics to the bathroom at that point. We're just taking poops while we're doing it. Okay, all right. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of big dumps, Michael Bay directed <laughs> his movie Ambulance failed to make even ten million in their opening weekend. Because he chose the same weekend as Sonic, or it's just a crap movie. It is just that bad. Um, It's no secret that his movies are not story-driven. They are heavy on practical, explosive effects. Um, There are tons of videos on YouTube, which I highly recommend people, uh, if you haven't seen them, Feel free to fill all your free time with watching Michael Bay directs and then just put in some rom-com or any title of movie and you'll just see explosions in the most serious movie. I think there was one where Michael Bay directed Titanic and the Titanic just got nuked. Like it was it was actually quite enjoyable to watch. It's funny, Um, (laughs) but I don't know if I'd sit there and watch. I, I think my last Michael Bay movie was Six Underground. And that kind of made me realize I was like, you know what? I think I'm just done with these movies unless it's a it's a title that I'm familiar with, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers. Then I'll go see it. Um, But I think I'm just done with Michael Bay movies, man. There's so little plot and they're so heavy on practical effects. I'm just I'm not 10 anymore. Sorry. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm going to kind of put this out there as, as and maybe it's just a hot take and maybe it's not. But I think Michael Bay is at his best when he's dealing with uh, with a more original story. So I had I had hopes that Ambulance was going to be kind of was. I mean, like, I'll be honest, my my favorite Michael Bay film is The Island. I think that's great. Um, you know, it, it's one of those more unheralded gems of his as opposed to um, I mean, the first Transformers movie had its charms and went downhill from there. Jay, Jay, I'll go as far as to say the first trilogy. I'll say the first three were good. Your book ended it at the end. We didn't get Shia LaBeouf back. Fine. When you rebooted it with Mark Wahlberg, he went a little too heavy on all the stuff that wasn't Shia LaBeouf. All the Michael Bay-isms, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, let's let's be honest, Bumblebee showed that a Transformers movie can be well-received. I I mean, first first of all, you know, you didn't, you know, it, it, it was actually Bumblebee, not Bumblebee in Bumblebee. Um, and then like that, that opening scene of Bumblebee in uh, on Cybertron with with actual G1 looking Transformers. Like, I don't know about you, but I just I, I, I there was an inner geek through the whole scene. Like, yeah, as I'm watching this, like. But the thing with Michael Bay is that you know exactly what you're going to get. And he very much feels a director of his time. Oh, um, if you like his movies, he delivers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think, you know, in much the same way that John Hughes was a director of his time, I think Michael Bay is very much a director of his time. But I think that time may have passed. Um you know, t- taking a look at the rest of the box office, I mean, we knew Sonic was going to dominate. There, there was no question about that. It's a kid's movie. It's based on a video game. The first movie was successful. It's got Jim Carrey. It's got Sonic looking like Sonic. It's got Tails and Knuckles with Idris Elba, the coolest knuckle that could ever knuckle. Um, like, there the was no knuckle? question. Which one's the, cool, which one's the coolest knuckle, Wiz? I, I want to go down this rabbit hole. Uh, which one's uh, the coolest knuckle? Only Idris Elba can answer that in in the coolest voice possible. In the but, coolest voice, yeah. and it is it is good to see movies being able to draw in, you know, at amount like seventy two million. And I think there has to be a point, at least for the next year, where you have to kind of coach expect or coach expectations as far as what is a good box office take on opening weekend. You know, we are still in the middle of this, you know here in Canada, wave six, and I know other countries are dealing with it too. Uh, new variants are popping up and they're, you know, combinant variants of the, of the, of the pandemic. And people are still a little hesitant about going out to the movies. Yeah. We're getting um, up there. We almost have as many COVID variants as we got Loki variants. Ah, uh, but, and th- th- that <laughs> you realize that means the combinant variant is, is what happens when Loki makes out with himself or Wait, herself. This show already itself. solved it. We just got to send COVID to the end of time. Done. Solved. Prune okay, it. But, yeah, but that means we get we get art school Kang, and that's just not cool. Damn um, it! <laughs> Damn it! But you know, a seventy-two million dollar take on opening weekend for Sonic, considering the time, is is very respectable, and I think that's going to be the benchmark for larger budget films. Ambulance coming out on that weekend is you know it makes sense. It's an action film. It's more geared towards adults. It's you know it's. It's big budget things blow up. And the nice thing is it's not one of those movies, unlike Morbius and unlike Black Widow, where we talked about this last week, you know, or the, was it was the week before, where Morbius, the trailer came out before the pandemic. And, you know, two years later, it's like, oh, crap, this movie still hadn't come out. 
And I think we're going to see that with Top Gun Maverick. Like, I fully expect Top Gun Maverick to have maybe if they're lucky a 40 or 50 million dollar opening weekend and that is solely nostalgia based and i think it's going to go straight downhill from there because again top gun maverick you know the trailers were starting to come out before the pandemic started and you know it's a (laughs) it's the toughest thing in hollywood is to market a movie longer than well yeah it's tough like you saw the uh the bat a big example of that was black widow Mm mm-hmm where like, they how showed how many trailers were there? Yeah. Well, they were gearing up for a big release, big release, and then I think it got to. I can only speak to my part of the world here in Ontario and Canada. Uh, it was gearing up for a May release, and in March, just before it, where we had already gotten the seemingly final trailer, um, where Marvel had released as much footage as they were comfortable sharing, and then everything kind of went to shit, and, and the, then we the never mo- got and it. Momentum stopped. That, yeah, and then they got Marvel. a new release date, and then yeah. they gave us another trailer later, and then we got another release date, and then they gave us another trailer, and they ended up being a home release. And at that point, we had already seen a lot of Taskmaster. We had seen a lot of David Harbour's character. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah, Red Guardian. You know, yeah. and, and it's the same with... Uh, with all this stuff too, is that, you know, when, when stuff gets pushed back, it's just the hardest thing to do is to revamp it and to remarket it and to, to mm-hmm. be like, Hey, remember that thing we talked about a year and a half ago? Well, it's still relevant. You just never saw it. Oh, you feel like you saw it? Well, you didn't see it. Come see it. Come to the theater. I mean, Please? Spider-Man No Way Home proved that people still want to go to the movies. The fact that they have made over $800 million worldwide. Um, again, considering the times, you have to think that, you know, had had it had we not been in the middle of the Omicron variant, uh, I think Spider-Man No Way Home would be well over a billion dollars worldwide. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Well, no, Marvel, Marvel still has quite a grasp on the marketplace like did you oh, see absolutely yeah i saw a stat was it this morning or yesterday that dr strange multiverse of madness in the first three hours of pre-sale tickets um passed the batman's pre-sale tickets in the first day so three hours versus 24 hours and dr strange has passed it like broke the site marvel almost single-handedly is dominates keeping, the theater well it's keeping the movie theaters in business that's what jared um, leto said yeah yeah, so and he said. You, he yeah. said, "quote unquote." They saved the cinema. Mm-hmm. Well, Morbius didn't save the cinema. Let's put it that way. I because, think he was just. Yeah, he was trying to market his own movie. That yeah. sly mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because when you think about it, um, Morbius in two weeks has made less than Sonic in one week combined and in total less than uh the lost city as well um the lost city at least felt a bit more you know you know i guess more what you would expect from that kind of release uh lost city is a fun film i i will wholeheartedly like if you like romancing the stone go see the lost city you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it um morbius is uh, i i can't put this any any more gentle than i'm going to it has to be considered a failure. It absolutely has to be considered a failure. And I would not be surprised if future Sony Spider-Verse plans, including Madam Web, are going to be revisited. Because they haven't started shooting yet, to my knowledge. But I think they have to be revisited. I think the only thing 
Sony can do next that would make sense and that people would go to watch is an amazing Spider-Man 3 with Andrew Garfield and and throw in Venom in there and have that kind of almost self-contained. But I think the biggest takeaway from the box office, yeah, you're right, is that Michael Bay failing to make $10 million debuting in fourth he probably you know, spent 10 million on special effects on the uh, practical spent, stuff probably spent 10 million in one day um yeah. <laughs> guy, like, guy blows that at the bar on the uh on the bays the the bumble bays oh god yeah and, and, and but that's the thing like michael bay doesn't change and if you like Michael Bay films, that's great. And, you know, if Netflix wants to to- toss him a ton of money to do something like Six Underground, then okay, that's fine. But... Wait, think- wait, let me, let me put you on the spot here, okay? Okay. Wh- which IP would you want Michael Bay to direct? Something you either have seen that you think he could make more interesting or something you haven't seen yet. Maybe, like, why don't we narrow it down? Oh, I, Marvel, oh, I have the Marvel answer or for DC? this one. Marvel Neither. or DC? Neither. Neither. Which Neither. property do you think he can blow up? I I think, and it's it's not a far it's not a far toss. I don't think. Look, we know Michael Bay has familiarity with Hasbro properties because he's you know, quote unquote, directed Transformers. You know, for uh-huh. you know for five movies, and we know that there's going to be a quote unquote Hasbro verse of movies coming around. Okay, so I like where you're going with this. So let's play to Michael Bay's strengths and vehicles and big explosions. Michael Bay, I think, is the perfect director for a mask movie. Oh, Mo- I wasn't the going there. Mobi- the mobile armored strike command. You were thinking G.I. Joe, weren't you? No, I was thinking no. Terminator. Give him because that that no. franchise is in due need of some kind of revamping. It's that the same shit they keep pumping out, man. It they need somebody. Yeah, it does no, need it, a break. It, it needs, needs a Ross it, and Rachel break. break. I mean, I I could very much see, and I mean, let's be honest. Michael Bay likes to make, for lack of a better term, military porn. Uh, so I think GI Joe would also be a a, a good option well, for it's him. Free because, assets. I don't see why not. Well, well, absolutely right. But you know, GI Joe kind of lives and breathes by that kind of stuff. So that would be one. But I think Mask, where it's. It, it's it's very much a you know the, lots of cars lots of guns lots of explosions and it's kind of a retro franchise and we've seen that he can handle those okay enough whatever you think of the turtles films and whatever you think of the transformers films say what you will but he brought them back to the forefront and i think a fresh take on mask with michael bay at the helm or at the very least producing would uh, would definitely inject some life into the Hasbro verse, especially because it would be the first time the mask has ever come to the the live action big screen. I know there's a ROM movie kind of plan and there's a director attached to it. I'm glad it's not Michael Bay for that one. Mask or GI Joe, I think that that would be right up Michael Bay's Michael Bay's alley. All right, I'm taking Terminator and the Notebook. <laughs> first oh, off, honey, I miss. <laughs> First off, to our zero female listeners, well, we might have a couple, but uh, I've never seen The Notebook. I've seen the trailer, and I think it needs some Michael Bay. Uh, No, (laughs) no, and... That nursing home at the end of the movie needs to get blown the hell up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What a post credit scene that would be. My God. 
You you just like chaos and anarchy. <laughs> you you are you are literally the Joker in it would, podcast. It'd be form. like one of those one of those Marvel post credit scenes where it's like just big explosion and it goes Jack will return. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to let's get to the uh, the news of the day. Uh, yes, let's, don't bury the lead. First. First things first, let's talk with, uh, you know, sticking with recent releases. The Batman is already headed to HBO Max. Uh, Gotta put this out there. Is this too soon? No. 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 Because I'm definitely not going to go see it in theaters again. There there, there comes a time, actually, this is going to be the future of it. Because it used to be where they would keep movies in theaters a little too long. And now I think it's as soon as sales start to dip below a certain point, They'll throw it on the streaming service because the sooner you get new content on the streaming service, the better you see, um, like, because it's a streaming wars, right? We're in the middle of a streaming wars as much as we're also in the middle of a real war. I don't want to really get too dark here, but like we're, we're in the middle of a streaming war right now where everybody is trying to find new content every week or at least every month. I know with Disney, they're struggling to get new stuff every month because they've kind of thrown almost everything they can in into Disney plus. I think there's maybe a couple things they're still waiting on to, uh, for their deals to run out on, on Netflix and, and whatnot. Um, but with HBO max, their biggest thing is, is their deal with Warner brothers and with, uh, DC and, and everyone else. So, uh, they're going to push you Harry Potter stuff. They're going to push you Batman. They're going to push you all this DC stuff. So if they see the sales dip just low enough, they're going to throw it on their streaming service. They're going to get money from that. Um, I'm all for it, man. I, I want to watch it at home. I did not want to watch it in theaters again. Like I've, I saw it twice in theaters. I'm fine. That's six and a half hours of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, having spent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, here's the thing though. Like it's, it's one of those things where I, I, it, I think it is, I think it is too soon. Cause when you think about it, I mean, the Batman is still, at least domestically in the box office, it, it was number five this week. And this this is what baffles me here. And I understand, I do. I understand that HBO is throwing everything that HBO can at HBO Max to make sure people sign up for the service. I think putting the Batman there next week is almost a, a red flag saying that HBO needs you to sign up for HBO Max. Or that they're in between releases right because they they might be short on stuff too uh well maybe it's it's to take away from some of the uh the ezra miller news i mean who knows who knows Ooh, i hadn't but, even thought about that yeah but it just seems to me right and, and again this is one another one of those films that you know we were seeing trailers for it in like 2021 and of course things got pushed back and pushed back because you know you know, movie movie release date pushback seems to be the norm for the past couple of years but I, I know if your movie's still in the top 10, why are you putting it on a streaming service? I understand releasing it to like the, 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 the video on demand, you know, like put it on prime video to rent or to buy. Okay. Whatever. Right. You're still getting money in for that, but to put it on a streaming service. And yes, I do recognize that Warner and HBO are very much hand in hand right now. Like they're, they're, they're skipping down desolation road and hoping that maybe something kicks in. I just think it's a detriment to the amount of money that could still be brought in. Cause I mean, if it is, if it's still in the top 10, don't, don't put it on streaming. Like that just seems I wonder counter, if, counterproductive to me. Wait, wait, do you think that's the future of streaming services? Cause 
unless they fully own the rights to produce and and make and distribute the movie, something like HBO putting out all the Warner Brothers content, whether it's Harry Potter or DC Comics stuff, I wonder if they had a deal in place. I, I, I might want to look this up, actually. I wonder if they had a deal in place where if it didn't meet a certain threshold for a weekend, like uh, money-wise, that they were almost forced to kind of take it out. Like, I... I know what's going on the streaming service, but I, I think they're still keeping it in theaters. Yeah. I mean, cause that's an experience in itself, right? Is doing it in theaters. It, it is. It's a long experience. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I would, yeah. I would much rather spend three hours on my couch than three hours in a, uh, admittedly an okay. Comfortable no, I, wise yeah, movie I, I hear you. Both times I watched it, my ass print was firmly shaped in yeah. that seat after. Yeah. <laughs> they they could have made a mold of my butt based on it, the three they hours did, that I actually. was in the chair. They yep. did. I, I see them selling it outside. It's not doing well. <laughs> it's not doing well. No, no, no. It's it, although coincidentally, your butt print is selling better than Morbius right now. So that's ah, a good sign. <laughs> I love it. You threw a Morbius dig in there. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I worry. I worry. And, and I uh, yes, like I said, I recognize that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home can be rented or bought from Prime Video, and I can see that being more the norm. Getting getting out there for digital rental or digital purchase early, totally fine. Um, is it really though? Spider-Man, it's been like four months. It's been four months, which is way longer than what the Batman's been dealing with. No, I know, I know. Think, yeah. think about it. We're, this is episode six of Just Another Nerd Show. What episode did we review the Batman? Was that episode one or episode two? Two. I think it was episode two, yeah. So you have to think that in the span of four episodes of this podcast, that movie went from theater straight to HBO Max. And it's not like it was a failure. No, it, was it episode brought one. in episode money. One. It absolutely brought in money. It's still bringing in money. And it just seems, again, another DC rudderless move. I, 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 it baffles me. It really does. I, okay, I, I hear you. Um, <laughs> rudderless move or good move. Charlize Theron, Charlize Theron is mm-hmm. attached to produce the Aqualad series. Now, we know that this is going to take place in the same universe as Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I'm a little excited, actually, because I like the the Aqualad character, his relationship, depending on which version they do, of course. Is, I, I have a feeling they're doing the Kaldar version. Okay, okay. I, but I feel like it's always very contingent on how strong your Black Manta character and your Aquaman character is. And I do mm-hmm. think that DC has nailed both. I do. I think that's one of the few things they've done right. I, Aside I, I, from I agree, Fire yeah. Ezra Miller. Yeah. Or allegedly. <laughs> whatever they're doing right now. They're oh, trying Shazam to was fun. You can't really harp Shazam on Shazam. Shazam was fun. I'll admit that. That was fun. You know. Um, I, I think with the, with Aqualad, though, it may be a signal that the Justice League may be done as far as Ooh. DC properties go. There's there's just There's just so much so much wrong right now with with the justice league level of dc but when you think about the introduction of aqualad and you've got batgirl uh, being wrapping up production as far uh, for hbo and you know there there was word of a zatanna 
property coming in. And we knew we know that Supergirl was going to be in the Flash movie. And they're it on makes, Batman number 17 now, right? <laughs> but, but it makes you wonder if they are building towards a live-action version of Young Justice. Um you know, animated DC fans will will agree. I think that Young Justice very much followed the the writing success of the Batman the Animated Series and the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated shows. Um, DC Animated has always done very, very, very well, um, and arguably better than uh, the live action properties. And Young Justice was very much one of those things. I remember when uh, they announced that season three, Young Justice Outsiders, was going to be uh, was going to be done for their um, for their DC Universe or DC Unlimited uh, property, and people lost their minds because they're like, "Hey, Young Young Justice is coming back!" And you know, if you watch those shows on, I know they're on Netflix here in Canada. Yeah, like they are good stories. There's a lot of you know different characters that can be brought in you could create some kind of you know a, a, a different team other than what you have on titans you could bring in a damien wing there are lots of characters that you can toss into this you could bring in a kid flash and that would kind of help steer away from you know everything that's going on with the flash right now so i think young justice might be the way to go yeah however uh-oh however uh-oh and again and I'm not saying this is rudderless because if they are building towards a young justice team, I'm all for it. I think it's smart. I think it's fresh. I think it's good. However, there's going to be the comparisons to Marvel yet again. With Flashpoint, there was this whole like, oh, we're doing like a like a Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of Flashpoint kind of thing. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Marvel's doing the multiverse. Oh, hey, we've got a cinematic universe too, and we're going to bring the Justice League together. Yeah, the, the Avengers did that years ago. It just feels like DC is a step behind, and obviously Marvel has been making moves towards a, a young Avengers or a next Avengers kind of uh, team up with you know uh, miss marvel and kate bishop and uh you could put cassie lang into that and and uh oh yeah uh, they Wicked got a whole speed. roster yeah, oh, yeah exactly exactly um obviously it's not marvel's main focus it's almost you know whereas before it was very much a a singular focus to get to the end point of the infinity saga and now you almost have like a trident of storylines kind of going out and i'm sure they'll merge again <laughs> Try eventually with king uh yeah see right i went there i went there you caught that you caught that um you're such a dad it's not even funny <laughs> so, like the dad jokes are just it's it's like uh i don't even know it's it's just yeah. second nature to you man dad, dad jokes are life <laughs> i i will dad admit jokes are life. i think i think if the end result is going to be a young justice um, and I think it's great that you got Charlize Theron jumping in as exec producer. Uh, Not her first time, by the way. She's exec produced no. a lot of uh, pretty good stuff. Exactly. I don't, I don't know them off the top of my head, but this is not the first time I've heard of her uh, helping out behind the camera. Charlize Theron, very, very, very smart person behind the scenes. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I think Young Justice is a good way to go. It's it's a fresh take. It's a familiar enough property, and it gives you the ability to bring in different characters. And if they can do it, I mean, I don't I don't mean for them to rush it, but if they can get to that before Marvel can get to Young Avengers, then it won't be it it won't be compared 
but you don't want to rush it, right? Because they they rushed yeah. uh, the Justice League already. Oh, they, oh, I, way I still too think fast. No, I don't want to harp on the past too much because I know I know a few people in my life that um, tend to bring up stuff from like way in the past, and I'm like, okay, like drop it, like come on, man. Like, but at the same time, I think that DC started to lose my interest when they strayed from. Well, I want to say when they strayed from Zack Snyder, but I liked the idea that Snyder was going for in making a darker universe because Marvel was going lighter. So give us something different. I don't know why DC is trying so hard to be Marvel. Like, just give us something different. We're going to go see your stupid movie. We're going to go see it. It's just a matter of are we going to see it two and three times or five and six times like we're going to see these Marvel movies. I think we did see Mar or DC kind of go their own way. And, you know, we saw that with Peacemaker because even though it was still funny and, you know, you could argue there was a bit of Deadpool humor-esque in it, you know. They, they lucked they, out with Peacemaker, man, and with oh. the um, and with the Suicide Squad because if I remember correctly, that would not have happened unless Marvel dug at some of James Gunn's old tweets and then they fired him for about, three months or something and in that three months he was freed up from his contract so dc signed him for a movie and then while he was still with warner brothers they were like oh how would you like to do a show as well so he was able to kind of work for both when marvel took him back and renewed his contract Mm -hmm. so that was they lucked out by getting (laughs) james gunn he's a fantastic creative soul love you i I (laughs) i will say and maybe this is uh you know hot take on this one I preferred Peacemaker over the Suicide Squad. And that's just me. Interesting. You know, yeah, okay. Because, I, I, yeah. I mean, as much as the Suicide Squad, yes, was much better than the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, Incredible. How, a, same director, different feel. No, not not the same director. Yeah. James Gunn, James Gunn did Peacemaker and he did the Suicide Squad. Oh, oh, yeah. So I thought you were talking about like the, the, the first Suicide Squad movie. No, no, no. Oh, no, that um, one's David Ayers. <laughs> yeah, Actually, exactly. no. The director's cut was David Ayers. The studio came in and they were masquer or not masquerading. They were the puppeteers and they they were just working David Ayers' arms and telling him where to point. (laughs) I don't know. It it became a a shell of what it could be. But yeah, no, I I don't think the Suicide Squad was as not relatable, but you know, it's accessible. I think I, I think it was just another one of those bigger over the butt over the top kind of things. But Peacemaker was a bit more of a centralized story, and I think it was easy. Uh, you know, it was different. It was fun. Like I liked to see DC have fun, and uh, we talked about this last week with Morbius. It wasn't fun, and I think the thing too with with Titans. They but you didn't signaled. you didn't see it with the right person then. It was fun in my theater. <laughs> When my brother every five minutes was going, what the shit? Like, <laughs> what the shit, Lana? <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. It was great. <laughs> it was fun for me to watch because I knew it was going to be crap. <laughs> but I think Titans, Titans was almost like the the, the flagpole on the ground. You know, like yeah. all, all you had to do was watch that that Red Band trailer and hear Dick Grayson go, fuck Batman. That was, that was the flag in the ground. And if they continue to kind of go down that road, um, I, I don't think they need to go like, you know, a, I don't want a dark brooding young justice. I want a young justice with a, you know, good storyline. It doesn't need to be jokes, 
but it can it can have lighter hearted moments and it can explore those you know that stuff with those characters it still needs to have some fun but it, it doesn't need to be jokey like avengers which of course leads us to our fan cast friday this week last week we talked about thrawn this week we are going to talk about aqualad um i know who i'm going to to fan cast this one so basically we're doing shirley's Theron's job here um so you're welcome shirley's you can you know send 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 us some money here um if you take any of our choices we need a credit in the film i, th- I think that's sh- that that should just be a given if shirley's Theron agrees with either of us we get a credit in the film deal I think it's a deal. Um, I folks, definitely so, think she's hearing this right now. That's, yes. I believe you, buddy. Dear Shirley's, we are about to give you a gift, the gift of a casting choice for your upcoming Aqualad series. If you agree with me, Shirley's Theron, you will cast Stephen James. Now, if you're unfamiliar with his work, you should definitely go and watch If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, we're talking uh, an accomplished actor who has, you know, an award winning actor. We're talking someone who is ready for that, that, that big action show movie type break. And I don't think you can go wrong with Stephen James. However, if you agree with Kevin. Darn right. <laughs> She's going to agree with me. I'm not even going to give a name. Hey, just cast me. You know what? <laughs> you are not Kaldar. Just, uh, Kaldar. just cast me. Yeah. Kalnar and Kevin are so close together in, uh, in names. So let's do it. Hashtag Kevin, not my Kaldar. Let's do it. I'll even take minimum wage. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take whatever Morbius made in the uh, box office. That's how little you have to pay oh. me. Oh, sorry. Too soon. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you said ambulance, she might've taken that one. Ah, that's cheaper. Oh. Yeah, I should have said that one. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. Ah, damn it. Uh, I chose <laughs> Chosen Jacobs. He is... Now, for those of you who are um, listening right now, I'm sorry that we picked two actors that likely our fan base has probably not heard of. On Friday, you will see the picture of them. Uh, mm-hmm. My actor is significantly younger than Jay's pick. I think it's easier to have an Aqualad if you're going to have him in the same universe as a solidified Black Manta character and as a solidified Jason Momoa character I think it's easy to influence um, a younger he he looks kind of 13, 14 years old maybe 12, 13 I think it's easier to have a kid get lost in looking up to his hero especially if it's Black Manta have him look up to his hero and see his dad. I think it's a lot easier when it's younger and for him to kind of get lost in uh, good and bad versus just his hero. But to the same token as well, if you watch those uh, those Young Justice cartoons, um, Calder was very much the leader of the Young Justice team, especially. But in it's the, not uh, Young Justice, Wiss. It's not. Uh, it's an Aqualad series, it, maybe a precursor to Young Justice. This kid has weight. He has room to grow. Ezra Miller may not have been a douche when they first casted him. He had room to grow. Uh, Still does. Oh, you you went there. Oh, Um, I went there. But but I think if you take a look at, you know, the casting of Supergirl in that movie and the casting of Batgirl, you have to have someone who, you know, maybe around that same age, but maybe slightly older as well, if they're going to be the leader of the eventual Young Justice team. And they don't even have to call it Young Justice. By the way, the early screenings that I heard, 
Supergirl, the actress that plays Supergirl, steals the show. Apparently, she's absolutely breathtaking, like just incredible in this movie. If we ever see it. When we see it in 2027, when Marvel's in phase seven. Yeah. On HBO Max. HBO Max 2. (laughs) It'll be right next to Man Thing. Bright push to DVD. Right on VHS. They'll release it on VHS because they know nobody else has a VCR. Also, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a VHS tape or a VCR is... See, I now now I feel like you know you need you need to come back on. It's not that bad, and we need to watch Man Thing. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, we should do Man Thing. Yeah, for sure. we, should, like, we should. We should. We should. You know do what thing. was really funny? I was just I was just talking about the VHS thing, but like <laughs> my my mom's a my mom's a school teacher, and she was talking to her class about like oh broken record, oh it's a broken record. You sound like a broken record. And the kid looks at her and she goes, "What's a record? Like, <laughs> like oh. you know, we have to like educate the youth." And then, what was her latest oh. thing? Her latest thing was, "Oh, you know, like when you guys listen to music, like on your iPod." And they're like, "What's an iPod?" And now I'm, ah. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, am I the old person now? Like, ah. you are. I guess you are. Like when we talk about the Tobey Maguire movies, are they going to start saying, oh, those really old movies? Like how Tobey Maguire talks about, or not Tobey, how Tom Holland Spider-Man talks about Star Wars. Oh yeah, you remember with the walkie thingy <laughs> in those really old movies? Like, oh. yeah, that's, that's, oh. I, I can't even say I hate this generation. I just hope that they can appreciate what we are currently appreciating when they grow up and they binge all of Marvel because uh, there will be a generation eventually that calls Iron Man uh, a really old movie, but it'll still be connected to something in 2048 or however long Kevin Feige chooses to do this for. We want to know what you guys think. So again, hit us up on Twitter at Another Nerd Show. But before we go, and Aiden, if you're listening, because we know this is your time, it is trivia time. So we were talking about Aqualad um, earlier in the show. Anyone who remembers in 2006, there was an Aquaman pilot that was done for television, um, but never bought. It was kind of like in that whole like CW purchase bio kind was of thing. Was that CW so was or was that supposed to be a spinoff of Smallville? It was, it was supposed to be a spinoff of Smallville. And then uh, the CW never picked it up kind of thing because there was there was a merger going on at the time. And it was the pilot was eventually released as like an Apple download kind of thing that you nice. could buy. Um, I, I will admit I've never seen it. Like low res porn. Nice. This isn't the entourage Aquaman here. OK, yeah. <laughs> but this is but this is the Aquaman pilot that was produced but never bought. Now, it was it was produced by Alfred Goh and Miles Miller. And those two have a comic book past because they are credited with writing the story for what comic book film? Here are your options, okay? A, was it The Rocketeer? B, was it Constantine? C, was it Spider-Man 2? Or D, was it Hellboy 2, The Golden Army? So, Alfred Go and Miles Miller wrote the story for which of those comic book movies? Again, A, The Rocketeer, B, Constantine, C, Spider-Man 2, or D, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Uh, that is it for this week's episode of Just Another Nerd Show. I will admit I am shocked that at no point did you, Kev, mention the fact that Walker Scoble was cast as Percy Jackson in the upcoming Percy Jackson series. <gasps> I am surprised. <gasps> You did no not point that out. No way! Oh, even Ryan Reynolds oh, put no it out shit. there. Like, 
Maybe I'm Percy Jackson's dad. So that's awesome. Uh, or maybe he's no Percy Jackson the- from the future. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool. Uh, clearly, you brokered that deal yourself. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I am. I am. You know this. And if anyone who's been listening to this every week, I am such a champion of Walker Scoville. Like him in interviews. He is just the most genuine, kind person. Like, he's just awesome. Like, I want so much more of his work. I'm such a fan. Ryan Reynolds, thank you if it was you. Thank you for bringing him into this. Like, he's (laughs) just an incredible person. He's a fan of the Percy Jackson book. So, like, when they told him, like, he's going to be Percy Jackson, apparently he, like, completely lost his ish. Like, so that's... I would take that that at face value, Wiss. Take that at face value. (laughs) It's, you know, it's the same thing with... uh, with, What was it? The the interview with um, Gal Gadot when she got Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And she got off the phone and everyone's like, oh my God, did you get it? Did you get it? And everyone was so excited. And she goes, yep, now I have to read up on who Wonder Woman is. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember reading like when Ivana Lynch was auditioning for Luna Lovegood, um, she, she was such a fan of that one character and apparently wrote a letter to J.K. Rowling uh, saying thank you for creating Luna Lovegood. And then she became Luna Lovegood. So I think that was very, very cool. So, well, And then another story, not, not quite the same. But this guy, Boss Logic, shout out Boss Logic. I love his art. He's like, oh, he's such oh, a cool he artist. Such good work. Um, he did a fan cast, much like what we do on this show, of mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. And then it became it became reality. Yeah. Yes. And it, it manifested and it got retweeted a lot. And Disney saw it and they go, well, pff, <laughs> we can't cast anyone else now. Like you fucking nailed it. <laughs> so. Well, that, that's because. Boss Logic is awesome. So if Boss Logic does a fan cast in, in artwork, then you should just do that. Just that's just the role. Boss guys, Logic yeah, guys, go the, follow Boss be a Logic. Casting director. Like, yeah, he, he's <laughs> honestly he's and he's really, really like really talented. He's got a whole team now, and it's much more than how it all started. It's like he's he's just he's such an immense talent. Like and, and apparently one of the nicest guys too. So I, I like that's rooting awesome. for people who I hear are very kind people especially in light of all the Amber Heard trials and everything. I am a champion of kind people. uh, And if that's the message I can spread to people on this podcast, the people who are listening, be kind to people in your life. um, Because, you know, just you never know what people say behind your back. Uh, You only know what they say to you. Spread love and love finds its way back to you guys. Uh, I hope everyone stays healthy and, uh, Wiss, you want to uh, take us out of this? All right. If you are listening to us, hey, thank you for listening to us. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter at Another Nerd Show, please answer the trivia questions, interact with us. We want to hear from you um, because at the end of the day, if you're listening to us and you're having a good chuckle, good a good laugh, and you're geeking along with us, uh, we so absolutely appreciate you at Another Nerd Show on Twitter. Uh, please hit us up. Absolutely, just just talk to us. We're cool. We don't bite much um, until until next week when we're going to be talking Moon Knight episode 4 we're going to be talking all the other nerd news that comes out there and we're probably going to point and laugh at how much money Morbius doesn't make next week uh, until next week this is another nerd show I'm Jay he's Kev we will catch you next time take care take care